All right, welcome to the Afternoon Morning Show. My name is Chris Mueller. I'm joined, as always, by Vinny Kiyomkoyan. Hello, everyone. Hey, just for the benefit of the podcast listening audience, we're doing something a little bit different here at the Everyday Catholic Studios. Yeah. We are actually going to be FaceTiming live the podcast uh, moving forward. Yeah, which is super cool. It's something that I've seen a lot of people do. I know you've had experience doing it. We've done a little bit of with trending there. On, um, uh, yeah. But yeah, this is cool. It's weird to like be talking to you and then also looking at the camera. What's going to be, yeah, I know. Hi, I, see, I think, the, I think the key to this is ignore the camera. Okay. That's my thing. Okay. I, I think ignore the camera, pay attention to the, the conversation. See, if I, was, if I was acting for the first time in front of a, like a, a film crew, I'd be like, hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. really bad smile. But again, like, like when you're on <laughs> set, you don't look, you know, yeah. never look at the camera. Right? Yeah. So anyway, so it's kind of the same thing, unless you're doing it for effect. Just like I'm doing right now. All right, back to the podcast, because if you're listening in your car, you don't care you about don't care. Facebook yeah, no. Live. Hey, so uh, just like we do every time, the afternoon morning show is brought to you by Everyday Catholic. Every Catholic, we make Catholic media you want to watch. I'm, I'm still floating it's, on taglines. I don't know. But still, I love that it's Catholic media you want to watch. watch, except we do a lot of podcasts. And so, you know, well, I <laughs> guess do. they are watching it on Facebook Live now. Now they are. Well, it's a thing. Yeah. But uh, but how do you do like Catholic media you want to watch, listen to, and read? Yeah. Uh, Catholic media for everyday Catholics like you. I thought something like that. See, but, yeah. for everyday Catholics anyway, like you. Hey, if you're listening and you think, I've got a great idea for a tagline, send it to me. You can send that to me on the Facebook. In fact, we just launched the Everyday Catholic Facebook page. I saw that. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. It's great. We are lighting up the internet right now. So much. I think in, we're like 139 followers. So, like, uh, but in like in your own little corner. In my own little, we're lighting it up very, 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 very small. As as a candle lights a room, a large cathedral type space. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, but it looks it looks good. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings when mm. they're in that giant chamber with their torch. Just the one torch. One and it torch. seems to be lighting a little more than it should. You're right. Like, and then Gandalf calls a little more light magic. and all of a sudden you yeah. see orcs everywhere. That's kind of, yeah, that's, that's us on the internet. <laughs> that's us on the internet. <laughs> Who else wants to listen? All of the trolls. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. trolls. <laughs> Ah, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. All right, so uh, as it, uh, you may not have picked this up yet, but we do actually have a plan for today's episode. We promise. We did come up with it long ago. Uh, okay, so anyway, uh, what we're talking about, I want to talk about some saints of the day because we, we started doing this. When we started doing the afternoon morning show, very yes. early episodes, back when it was like me and you and Matt Franklin and, yep. um, and sometimes Christian Labrador, we did a saint of the day and we were looking for kind of obscure uh, saints, which I, I find to be a lot of fun. In fact- Kind of just a side note, my son, my son, Chris, uh, was watching a documentary of Austria in his German class. Uh, and okay. one, there was a church apparently in Austria that claims to have a splinter of the cross. And so he was, and then he kind of made the comment, yeah, but I guess if you put all the splinters of the cross together, you could like build the Noah's Ark or something, um, whatever. But it got us in an interesting conversation about strange Catholic things, right? Yes. Yeah, things that Catholics collect, mm -hmm. like there's that church in Italy that claims to have the Holy Foreskin. Yeah. That's a thing. That is a thing. Yep. Which as a Catholic, you're like, I don't know if I want to own that. Yeah. You know I mean, like there's, I, um, I wouldn't be the first ones raising my hand being like, yeah, that's us. Like, I wouldn't, this, cause who keeps that? Yeah. Cause it's not, cause nobody, okay. Again, the first 30 years of Jesus lives, nobody knew yeah. life, not lives. We're not Buddhists. The first 30 years of Jesus life, nobody knew he was special. Yeah. I mean, Mary and Joseph did, but. I still think that'd be a weird yeah. thing to, unless it was a custom at the time yeah. to like keep that. Yeah. I don't know. There but even a, then, like, even my parents think I was special. But yeah. I maybe. So I, I know a kid a who different. has like a locket around his neck of like animal fur from his past pets. Why? I don't know. Parents just say no. 
Just say no. So what we're saying is people do weird things. People do weird things. The Catholic things. Church is no different. Yeah, that's true. And then he was asking about the uh, Longinus spear. Yes. Which we apparently have. Yeah. Well, that, isn't that it? That's in the Vatican. Or that's, it is in the Vatican. In it's in one of the it's vaults, of the I believe, in, yeah. in St. In Peter's. But again, that's so the, you know, the, the, the idea of that was 300 years after the death of Christ that, um, I, I keep blanking on his name, the guy uh, who, who legalized Christianity. Which emperor is that? Constantine, Constantine, thank you. I answered myself. I'm glad you could be here, Vinny. Uh, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> but Constantine's mother, I believe, goes to Rome, and, or to, to the Holy Land, and brings back these relics. And again, it's 300 years later. I think Longinus Spear, I can, I have an easier time believing that relic than... Than the, some the, of them, like the actual, like physical, like body The stuff. Holy Foreskin, yeah. for instance. You know, yeah. Well, and is, that's, but like, okay, who can prove, like, you can go and say, okay, well, the spear was in this area... Yeah, at this time, or we knew kind of where the area of where St. Longinus was. So, like, to find a spear, you're like, okay, that's reasonable. Right. But stuff like that, especially, like, like skin material that just kind of... It's a little harder to believe. Now, really here's the thing. I don't doubt the validity of relics no. in any, any stretch. No. Um, I but just, that one specifically? That specifically is a little strange. I just me. realized we have said foreskin. More than I have <laughs> ever actually said it in my just, life. All right. So saint of the day, we're doing three saints actually, because September is apparently just like, like saint month. So uh, September 21st, St. Matthew, uh, the apostle. All right. Now I say St. Matthew, what do you think? One of the apostles. There you go. Okay. But famously tax collector, right? Um, And and I'll have to, I'll have to be honest. I know very little of St. Matthew. I know like more of like some of the obscure saints because they're obscure and I think they're fun. Right, yeah. So like looking into... You know what I, I found a couple of years, years ago, actually five, maybe seven years ago, uh, Benedict the 16th mm. did a series of homilies on the apostles and they were collected into a little book. It's really easy. It's on really? the shelf up here. Yeah, super cool. Um, but okay, so Matthew's a tax collector very famously and we hear that and we go, uh, tax collectors because no one likes to pay taxes. No, no one. But you have to understand, like at the time, a Jew, so at the time, I think it was Augustus claimed to be a god or claimed that Julius Caesar was a god. So mm-hmm. Augustus is the heir to Julius Caesar. He claims Caesar's now god in the pantheon of Roman gods. He also claims that he is the son of a god, himself a god. He, he literally mm-hmm. had coins minted that said that, like a god, the son of a god, which is... Basically, he's claiming yeah. to be who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, and I actually talked about that in the Weekly Word podcast. If you haven't been following that, you need to, or you should. I mean, it really, it's it's a f- it's good. It's it's no, yeah. It's good. Anyways, I'm, anyways, side note. Uh, it's called cross. Uh, anyway, uh, but but so that's so Matthew being a tax collector. Sometimes we hear and we go, oh, "That's great," but I don't think we fully understand how deeply Jesus pulled the wrong people, like absolutely mm-hmm. wrong people. Yeah, because as a Jew, if you're collecting taxes for the Roman empire, you're literally then working for a false God. That's an interesting point. Does that make sense? That's an interesting point. Yeah. Right? By, by doing that, you're, you're supporting and, and, and working for a false God, which yeah. is the ultimate thing you could do wrong. That's crazy. You, like know, that, that, and that, you that shall have no other gods, to. but me. Right. Yeah. There you go. Breaking the first commandment. So that's why, again, so not to, and, and then there, there's more to it. Like, so tax collectors at the time made their money off of quote unquote commission, mm. right? So you could overcharge people and then you get to keep the you cream on the keep. top. So basically they were like realtors. 
Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason we're laughing. (laughs) I actually, I do have my real estate license so I can make that joke, but they, but they make a commission off the sale, right? Oh no, no. no, no, You don't pay us. It comes out of the sale. Just right off the top. Inflates the price just that much. So now I'm just saying it's a little bit of a, but yeah, so that's kind of, they made their, Mm. they made a commission quote unquote off of it. So Matthew. that's, That's still something that I did. I just didn't realize was the fact that they themselves or Matthew himself considered himself a God because of just like being adjacent to people. Well, Matthew wouldn't have considered, no, well, no, 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 but like, but yeah. like the people, sorry. Right. They would have but considered like the people yeah. like they were just even adjacent to those who were up far enough where people considered them gods. You're in service of yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're serving a false, false God. God. Wow. Yeah. Even if you didn't believe that was, it's still bad. It's still bad. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because the, the, the commonality of everybody who believe that, and then seeing you, well, yeah, like that. Not only is a, it's a false god oppressing your mm-hmm. your people, right? So Matthew is absolutely the worst choice. Like Man. now, also interesting, Matthew the tax collector would have been really good at counting and taking care of money. Mm-hmm. Not the guy who's in charge of the money. So and and so, what is that like? So, um, so amongst the apostles, who kept the money? Mm-hmm. Judas, not mm-hmm. Matthew. Isn't that weird? I mean, it's so yeah. why? Maybe that because Jesus knew that Matthew had a weakness there, so wouldn't wouldn't to put him in that place of temptation? You know, kind of cool. That's so, well, yeah. Talk about talk about a dude, Jesus, yeah. knowing his people well enough, just by well, he's God, yeah, just by know. being there and yeah. Also, that's I, cool. I, I tend to think every time we see a storm at sea, Peter, James, John, Andrew, all fishermen, right? So they're good. Matthew, tax collector. Every time we see a storm at sea, I tend to think, well, himself just puking all over the place. Yeah. Just, you know, puking his guts out. Uh, just that's off the end. Which I he will missed, have to talk He missed him. the whole thing. <laughs> he missed the whole <laughs> thing. Jesus, there's a guy in the water. It's <laughs> 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 kind of my break. I, I am just saying. Uh, so Matthew, the tax collector, uh, the apostle, September 21st, and famously gospel writer, mm. you know, so he kind of, you know, very cool there. Matthew's gospel in particular written to the Jews. So yes. you, you'll see a lot of reference mm-hmm. there. Cool. The next Saint, September 18th, we're kind of going out of order, St. Joseph of Cupertino. Cupertino. What's your, now I say St. Joseph of Cupertino, what do you think? The city, Cupertino. I'm just quizzing you on saints yeah. at this point. This isn't cool. This isn't cool. This is not yeah. a fun podcast. Yeah. Vinny's like, I hate this podcast. I hate this podcast. Because then I looked up, I really You, you know, you haven't heard, like you don't know. No, like I've heard of, but again, like. Okay. My, I need, I definitely need to know better. Well, I didn't send you any of this ahead of time. So it's, you know. So I'm like, so tell me more of the St. Joseph Cupertino. He lived in Long Beach. You should do do the thing like uh, from Lego movie. Like, I no, totally. I know exactly. But just just in case case I forgot, you tell me, you know. Uh, Joseph of Cupertino is famously um, the patron saint, I believe, of test takers and also the patron saint of aviators, of pilots. Because they they take a lot of tests. Well, that and he flew. So he was a flying saint. He tended to that. I actually that I did know. Actually, yeah, yep. that and I did know patron saint of test takers because he was not the brightest uh, <laughs> bulb. He was not. A, he was not very smart academically. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And because so he would have these visions. So right. He was my boy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's my boy. Well, and in part of it was he would have these beatific visions. Mm-hmm. Right. He'd be like around the monastery sweeping up because those are the jobs they gave him because he was not the sharpest knife mm-hmm. in the drawer. Uh, and then he'd just be standing there holding the broom, just kind of staring off into space. And the, their other brothers would be like, wow. You okay, bud? Joe. Hey, Joe. <laughs> What's going on, Joe? But they started to notice that he would receive the Eucharist and levitate. 
And uh, they started maybe rethink that mm. after that point. Like maybe, maybe Joseph's having visions, you Man. know? Yeah. That like, I, whenever I hear things, I'm, I'm the person that like, like sees it and envisions yeah. it. Like the dude goes up, receives communion and just hover. Just, I just want that to happen. Just once. I just, just once. Just right. Some, some, just re- receive. Yeah. Mm. Not, not me. No, I, I don't think that's ever going to, I mean, like for me, it's, it's, I, I don't think that's going to happen for me personally. I'm not, I'm not beatific as it were, but I would love to see somebody. Yeah. Like you'd be at mass one day and all of a sudden you're like, just the one head rises above the rest. And yeah, like, exactly. Just be what? super distracting. Also. Yeah. And our church has got a fairly high ceiling. So I mean, that could be a problem. That really could. It's like you lose a balloon in like inside of a. That'd be just that'd be the yeah. worst. Get down here! Ushers are using like the the ropes to try to get like the. You know. <laughs> the one they, they block off the, the pews. They're just yeah, yeah, man, be pretty if, cool. I don't know. I'm just saying. So beatific visions, um, but I think there's something. Sometimes, like we tend to make, particularly as Catholics, we can make the faith seem really complicated. Well, yeah, because. Right. Where we have so many rules and laws. Well, and, and even like to be, to, if you read the youth, the description for a lot of youth <laughs> ministry positions, they'll say, you know, um, uh, deg- degree in a BA in like theology, yeah. master's degree desirable, right? Like you have to have a master's degree in theology to be a parish yeah. youth minister in some diocese or they're looking for it, or at least a, a undergraduate degree in theology. And you, you kind of want to go like, well, St. Joseph Cupertino. Yeah. Wasn't super bright, but there were, he did levitate. There were a lot of people that were not qualified for their job oh, hey, in um, the church. And uh, yeah, did it. Yeah, um, uh, Solanus Casey was what there was not. They did not think he was very bright because he could master languages. His seminary was like in German, and he wasn't very good at German or Latin. And so they decided he wasn't bright enough to be a preacher. And so he was ordained, but he did not receive the faculties to preach. And so he was a priest. He could, um, I believe. Initially, he was not allowed to hear confessions or pre or or he could say private masses like for himself. Well, yeah, because it's part of their right. But he couldn't preach publicly, and he couldn't hear confessions. Can they do that? Like, can they actually like modify? Oh, totally. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the bishop, your bishop or your ordinary, can absolutely say like you're you you I mean, it's it's unusual that you would ordain someone yeah. off the bat and be like the terms of your of your. But yeah, yeah. yeah, they can do it. In fact, I've I've known of priests in my own diocese who have their faculties suspended because they've been um, not in union with their bishop. Well, like I can see like suspending faculties, but saying like, you're a priest. Sort of. But with- Right. Yeah. Right. Because like when, when I think about it, I'm like, well, uh, but are they? Because- Well, they are. They are. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Yeah. That, that surprises me. The fact Very that unusual. Can, yeah. So, and it probably doesn't happen- you probably see more people getting their faculties suspended, suspended or removed versus yeah. faculties being like limited, limited, limited yeah. or like changed in a way for right. something like this. Yeah. And I can absolutely see like a bishop in a local diocese, perhaps if you have a, a priest who's uh, tends to, you know, preach heresy, you might say, okay, well, um, you can't preach publicly anymore. Yeah. You could, I could see that. Right. But just right off the bat being like, you know what? You're really nice guy, Barney. And we, we, we think you've got a great heart. You're a great, you're a good guy. You shouldn't preach. And he also had a very wispy voice because he'd, from from sickness as a child. He's kind of a squeaky Mm. voice, man. So I I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, so that's, uh, so it's interesting. There, there are a number of saints who were considered too simple for their vocation. 
right? To be a priest or to do whatever, but then they leave these radical lives yeah. of holiness. You, but you think the, the simplicity of the person would even help right. in their priesthood. That's interesting that people were like, oh, you're too simple. Well, I think it, I think it's a challenge too. <clears throat> like as a, as a, as a lay person, I think it's a challenge to me, but like, am I overcomplicating all this? Mm. And, and, yeah. And I, you know, and I, I, yeah, totally. Like you, you know, like the the whole tendency towards overscrupulosity, mm-hmm. where you you end up just following rules, kind of, or like how well can I follow the rules or show the outward signs of, you know. Yeah. And again, that goes back to that reading the other week where Jesus was like, where there the Pharisees were asking Jesus why the apostles don't oh, wash don't their wash hands, hands, right? Yeah. You know, it's all about those outward signs. Um, but these guys outwardly were kind of. You wouldn't have known what was going on inwardly. Uh, and then the last saint, we're kind of moving up on our wonder workers. We got September 23rd, Padre Pio. <laughs> Him I know about. Him you know. Tell me about Padre Pio. Padre Pio's a beast. Yeah. I mean, that's like without having to get into like long detail. He's like the guy just just from, from what I've read, not only was he um, a great priest, but he levitated – the guy physically fought with demons. Like, that's, he's crazy. Yeah. So Padre Pio um, famously had the stigmata, mm-hmm. right? The the, the mystical right. marks of Christ. Um, and what was interesting is, th- you know, they concealed them. When they, when they appeared, they were concealed. They weren't, he wasn't allowed to publicly show them. He wore gloves to, <clears throat> to kind of cover them. Um, he, uh, you know, I think the, one of the most famous stories is when he flew uh, up and diverted an allied bombing run. Mm. You know, they were getting ready to bomb his, they thought there was a, a munitions depot in the little town that he lived in. And I, it, Petrosina, Petr, anyway. Uh, and he, you know, the, the report, the allied bombers turned around and they, and they said, why didn't you drop the bombs? He said, there's a little man and there's an old man in a gray robe and he told us to turn around. So we did. And, and I think he, I think actually the bombs all dropped from the planes in the forest and then they, they, they turned around. Happened like two, two, three times. You know, this little man up to the yeah. sky, turn the planes around. <laughs> no, drop the bombs. I mean, I would, I would uh, yeah. turn around. I would absolutely turn around. That's- and then later, the leader of that unit, when they took the town eventually, went up to the monastery and he said, that's the guy. And then Padre Pio said something like, why were you trying to kill us? Yeah. You know, just crazy stories Dude. like that. Um, he, uh, by location. Yes. Right. That would be... That'd be great. Right. So he would be in his cell, his room at the monastery. Well, at the same time, he would be like in England giving counsel to one of his spiritual children. Um, that's crazy. That's insane. That's crazy. But And it sounds awesome because I think by location would be so – to be two places in one time would be really nice. Yeah, but isn't the caveat though is like the, in prayer, like when he's right. in his monastery, it's a, literally he's, he's in a place of prayer to where he literally does – by locate someplace else to do God's will. It's not like it's not like him physically is doing like laundry over here. I right. Think. No, absolutely. No. So anyway, I think th- that's that's one thing people don't understand because I've had that conversation before too. And I and I've thought like, okay, so that does minimize the coolness of it. Not not okay, that, no, that's it doesn't. a terrible thing to say. But it would be nice to be able to do two things at one time. However, I'm thinking back to Marky Mark's schedule from last week. Yo um, Wahlberg's schedule where he gets up at two thirty and prays for an hour. He could actually do the golf and the prayer at the same time. He could. And, you know what I mean? So that would sleep. Then he could sleep, mm-hmm. you know, another another hour and a half or whatever. Or what if that, like, he put, like, what if he prays himself into, like, being able to bilocate so he could actually, like, do his, like, acting gig? And so what he, we're seeing on film. 
is like the other is is like the by location. So you're saying version. that, and I'm going to reference Transformers here. Uh, <laughs> I swore I never would. Uh, <laughs> I can't done, watch those films. I, got I him, really can't. I got, I got Chris to reference Transformers. I'm time I to go home. Feel, I'm okay. Done. Side note: I feel like Transformers is responsible for dubstep. Because if you listen to the Michael Bay, like, yeah. it's like they just put like, it sounds like someone's working with pneumatic tools. Still sounds good, though. This, is dubstep a thing still? No. No, that was no, Well, like the, just from what I've listened to, I don't, I mean, I don't listen to like hardcore dubstep. Yeah. At least I know some people do. Sure. But like some of those elements have ended up in music more often now. Right. Than being just the Transformers. Right. Sounds. I feel like there's at least one point in every episode where I'm like, is this still a thing? Because yeah. I'm, you know, you're, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but so yeah, you're saying Mark Wahlberg could literally be on the set of a Michael Bay film, say something like Transformers, Transformers. Uh, and and at home praying in his, in his, probably his private chapel. That's exactly what I'm saying. That would be interesting. It does make the, I mean, again, it's, it would be cool to be able to be doing your taxes <laughs> yeah. and then working out. I mean, that would be yeah. nice. But I like the idea that you could be at prayer and then do... Hmm, interesting. Okay, so it's, it's still cool. It's I mean, still like, cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Padre Pio, like that guy, well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's an incorruptible. Right? He, I believe so. Now, I, I, they, they, they brought him out a while back, and I thought well, they referenced he, he had been embalmed to, like, you know, because oh, that was okay. the process of what they do when people die now. But I believe he is incorruptible. Now, okay, again, no. Just defining incorruptible because, you know, there may be people listening who are like, what does that mean? Um, So throughout the history of the church, there have been a number of saints who, when then dug up years later for relics, because that's a thing we do too. We do weird (laughs) things. Again, they, you know, they they dig them up, they hack them into pieces and send them in their way. Uh, They found them to be incorrupt or they found pieces of them to be incorrupt. I believe there's uh, a saint whose finger we still have and it's incorrupt or like the head of St. I think the head of St. Catherine of Siena is incorrupt or something and- yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to... I feel like if you're incorrupt, they should leave your body intact. Yeah. They shouldn't be like, Yo, yeah, incorrupt. Right. <laughs> Give me an arm. You know, yeah. like I just, I feel like that's somehow... It's a little weird. Seems like desecration yeah. at that point. But I'm not, I'm not... A, okay, so relics are awesome and cool. However, I, you know, there is a modernist in me that still thinks it's kind of gross. Yeah. Well, I, I would love to see the Vatican's, like, list of, like, how to deal with an incorruptible... Like, like, what's that, like, how does that come about? Like, what are the rules? Totally. Specifically for that? Because there has to be, like, protocol. There has to be protocol. Like, people are digging up bodies to find relics, right? And then being like, right. wait, how did, okay, and then what's the process well, of them to, like, And I guess you really, title? you have to be, the whole process of beatification. So there have been many points in history where, like, towns have gotten in fights over saints' bodies. Right, where uh, like he perhaps like the, the saint was from this town, but then he mm-hmm. did most of his ministry in this town, and then they famously go to war over like you know the war, you know mob. They go to mob over the body, you know. And so I just wonder. At, I think at this point in human history, we're probably not going to see that. But however, I believe there's kind of an argument right now on what's holding up the beatification process on um, um, the great orator. What was his name? Um, from you know the guy who was on T. Fulton Sheen. Oh. There, there's a, like there's an argument between which diocese basically has claim to him, Dang. New York or whatever his home diocese was. Yeah, isn't that funny? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Man, I've been out of the loop on that one. I tell you what, Mike, we could look it up and, and actually yeah. and actually do show prep. Um, actually, <laughs> I mean that would be a thing. 
Yeah. It's been one of those weeks, but it, it's all it good. It kind of has. But okay, so just kind of back to the sink thing though. You know, I, I think there's a richness. Again, we've we've dealt with three fairly well-known saints. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I guarantee you, if you're little people listening here are like, I never knew that. Yeah. Like I never knew that about St. Matthew the Apostle, or, or I never knew that about St. Joseph Cupertino, or I mm. never knew that about St. Padre Pio. And we really kind of scratched the surface. Now, I'm going to throw out a, a shameless plug at this point. Okay. I did write a book on the saints for men called yes. Fire Inside. Um, which, which is great. Which what I tried to do in that book was take a look at some very familiar saints, maybe some not familiar, mm. but just to 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 pull out lessons you might have missed. Mm. Because like St. Francis, for instance, we always hear like he's such a hippie, right? I mean, yeah. like he's, oh my God, I love the animals. Super. Yeah, well, just because, and plus all of his statues have animals around him. I know. He's all, but it's like, well, you think of St. Francis, like, oh, he loves the earth, man. Yeah. He's like, he's like a, he's like an eco-friendly saint, bro. He's the kombucha, he's, kombucha drinking saint. Yeah, absolutely. I Does yoga. Okay, tell me about kombucha. I don't know what this I've is. I've never had it, so okay. I can't tell you. I, I know. know I just see it and go... That does not look appetizing. I just, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so back to so, but, but St. Francis. Like, We're so, going to get so much feedback on um, that. I, I hope. <laughs> the thing about St. Francis is, though, that if you look at his life, the eco thing is neat, right? But the passion yeah. is what makes it, you know, like, what do we learn from it? Like, passion. So we deal with that in the chapter. Or St. You know, uh, John Paul II, hope. Right, mm. like the, his life is unbelievable. Mm. When you look at all of the stuff, I mean, like um, the Nazis, or okay, being an orphan, the Nazis, the communists. I mean, just like he being just goes, shot, being shot. Um, but still, like such a masculine saint yeah. too. I mean, the guy was cool. I love, Yo, I love seeing the photos of him where he's just like a, he's just a guy. You know, there's there's one that um, one of my one of my friends in their youth room has like up of him. And it's him in his cassock with a jacket on and he's outside with glasses and he's got this big pipe yeah, and this hat. And he's just right. like got this corner smile and you're like, this dude's like, there was <laughs> he's a, legit. Like, there was a playfulness a to John Paul II. You know, like he was, yeah. you know, and, and I, I love that. So anyway, Fire Inside, you can get that from Lifeteen at lifeteen.com um, if you're interested in, in taking a look at that. Um, the, 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 you know, we had, we had on, the, on the show notes here to talk about consistency. And I don't know if we have a lot, enough time. We only have about four minutes left on this week's podcast, but I, I, maybe we can kind of touch it. And we'll we'll get it back to it in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But like the thing about sainthood is, I think sometimes the idea is again, it's kind of like the Wahlberg thing we talked about last yeah. episode that people just end up Wahlberg, right? Like, oh, I was born and and I had six pack abs and uh, a record deal where I got to feel it, feel it, and then I made movies. And that's just life. He was blessed, right? Yeah. But that guy's life was character is, is characterized by really hard work mm. um, and consistent application yeah. of that work. When you look at any of the saints, and there's a consistency of prayer. Mm. There's a consistency, Absolutely. you know. And I think if you you know what's the lesson for for a modern like me or like you or uh, you know, is like how consistent am I in seeking holiness? You mm. know. Yeah. Did I work on my sainthood today? Yeah. You know? And everybody's, we all get, and I'll, we'll talk about this more in the next episode, but like, it's so easy in the beginning to start something. Like go the first week you go to the gym. Oh, yeah. This is great. I'm going to do this forever. Oh, I, you come, you, you feel a little swole, yeah. you know? And then by the end of that first week, you, you feel a muscle soreness. Mm-hmm. And the next week you, you got to get up. Or, and maybe you, even for like, maybe you go <laughs> three weeks and it's good, right? And then you stay out really late one night. And then, and then you, you just miss it. You miss, you miss it. it. And, and then, uh, it's all over. You know? And so it's, everything's easy in the start. Where the difference is made is in the middle. 
Mm. right? It's the middle where I, the difference is made. It's when it's not fun. It's when no one's cheering you on. It's yeah. when you're just, you, and you're not seeing instant results, whether that's your prayer life or working out or building a business or studying mm. or whatever it is. I mean, like, I think everybody loves their classes the first week. Yeah. My son right now in high school, he's like, man, oh, this is great. I love my German class. That's going to end. That's good. Yeah. It's going to end. Right. You're, we're going to, we're going to hit like Thanksgiving. Right now he's still coasting on the little bit of German that we've done in the house just because I think it's And it's fun. getting him by. It's get. Oh yeah, totally. He's, he's, you know, he did like 90 something percent on his vocabulary because like ich and all like the words. Oh, like, gotcha. Ich bin and you know, um, he, he kind of knows all that kind of going in. Yeah. Um, but it's going to, it's going to end because it's going to get hard. And at some point, at some point you're just taking those six inch footsteps like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you just one foot in front yeah. of the other. You know, did I move the ball today? And so we're going to talk about consistency a little bit in the next episode. Um, we've, we're crossing the 29-minute mark. So I think we're actually going to land hey. this plane on time. Hey, if you've enjoyed the afternoon morning show, you've kind of been traveling with us, we'd love it if you'd go to iTunes or Apple or Podcasts or what is it? Po- I don't, anyway, and give us a review. Yeah, um, and just podcast say podcast app if you have a podcast And app even if you didn't enjoy the show, just, just you know, let us know. Just, yeah, say something. Yeah. We're not going to be hurt. No. Or I mean, there'll be ice cream. And I might be hurt, but I, no, I was saying if you didn't enjoy it, just lie. Oh. Just, just say nice things. You know? I'll it's take a, that too. Think of it as an act of mercy. <laughs> yes. You know? Uh, yeah. and then, which you're uh, called to, by the way. So. Which you're called to. You are called to you mercy. Are, that's a thing you so need show to it. do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, the Afternoon Morning Show is brought to you by Everyday Catholic. You can find out more information at everydaycatholic.com. And just to remind you, Everyday Catholic is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we depend on support from listeners like you. So if you'd like more information, it's everydaycatholic.com slash donate. We'll see you on the other side. Bye, guys.